Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Froth here with the Thought Eater Podcast. I hope you're doing well. Happy Sunday. Thanks for listening as always. And uh, I'm going to do a session recap, but I'm going to burn through this one because i got to get back to a show. That's right, Veronica Mars, Season 4 on Hulu. Oh man, I'm... I addicted myself to this show. I don't know if any of y'all out there are watching Veronica Mars, um, Kristen Bell, basically the original series of a high school detective thing. It was really good writing, tons of sarcasm. Uh, then uh, after it got canceled, I think in like t- 2007, they crowdfunded a movie in 2014, and then now there's a new season on Hulu, and it's freaking excellent. I love that show. I love any kind of mystery, kind of crime show, but this one is, uh, it's just really, really good. So, yeah. Podcast, binging Veronica Mars. I'm going to Veronica Mars. No, but seriously. Anyway, I do love that show, and uh, so let it go on the record. Froth loves Veronica Mars. So last night, uh, we played another session of my Night Below campaign, and um, it was a really good one. Uh, and it was a great, it ended up like a great, you know, I'm going on vacation, going to be gone over the next couple of weeks, and anytime you're going to have a, a gap between playing, it's good to have a, you know, a nice kind of ending that kind of sets up for the next, um, the next session and everything, and that's what we had, so... Uh, we had four of our players there. Um, the player that plays Cass is now just going to be alternating weeks due to a work schedule change. Um, the player that plays Taryn is active military, should be back in August. And uh, Cyril, I've mentioned the player that plays Cyril the Assassin is going to miss most of the summer and hopefully be back soon. But um, So we had four players. We had uh, Zanril and Marcos, the clerics. Puck, the uh, thief, and Lanix, the magic user. And they still had a couple of uh, meat shields, I mean henchmen, that were alive after last session. If you've been following along, the the party is uh, continuing to root out the humanoid presence of the Great Rock Dale, this kind of rift area, cavern, chasm, and the, the Heronshire area of the campaign. So they're really trying to kind of strengthen themselves and maybe gather some more magic items and experience so that they can go and take care of this troll threat in the Underdark. So we left off with the party having uh, had a major battle with some hobgoblins in one of the caves. And uh, this session kind of jumped in right where we left off with them continuing to, to battle the hobgoblins. Now they had wiped out almost all of them. Um, last session, they had something like 24 hobgoblins and a couple of warg wargs that they kept as pets. They had, uh, taken care of them, but they knew that there were a few more somewhere in there. So, uh, the first thing they did was they cast invisibility on the thief puck and let puck, uh, kind of sneak around and try to scout ahead and see what was going on. And they saw that there were several uh, hobgoblins that were patiently lying in wait um, to attack from range. So 
uh, Puck backed up, let the party know what was going on, and they decided that they, you know, they kind of plotted and planned a little bit. They thought about taking a door off one of the hinges and uh, and the cavern there um, from the chieftains uh, who they had bested in battle last session. They were going to take the door off the hinge of the chieftain's chamber and maybe kind of use it as a shield to kind of work their way down the hallway. But um, they sent a couple of the, the the two remaining henchmen to, to do that, and they were having trouble with the door. And in the meantime, hearing the noise, the hobgoblins released the last of their two warg pets uh, to attack. So the initial battle was uh, the party versus these two wargs. You know, there was some missing, there were some fumbles and whatnot, so there were some people dropping their weapons and slipping in the gore and all that kind of stuff, but um, they ended up taking care of business, but uh, not before one of the uh, henchmen was was killed by a warg, and uh, then the remaining hobgoblins tried to make a go of it, but were uh, with a couple of hold person spells. Uh, that was the end of that. The remaining hobgoblins failed a morale check and took off. So the party at this point had, uh, as as they are wont to do, accumulated uh, a pile of corpses. A few sessions ago, they had found a couple of their former henchmen, <clears throat> meat shields, uh, that had been tortured by these gnolls, and they were unfortunately brain dead at this point so the party had put them out of their misery and then now they had also lost three of the four meat shields <laughs> henchmen that they had brought with them again this time uh, to to uh, re-enter the caves and so they also and they also had a headless merchant that had had his uh, head caved in by a knoll um, merchants don't do well with this party you know <laughs> One of one of the players mentioned, uh, you know, if people listen to these, they're like, yeah, they could probably could. I forget exactly what he said, but it was something like, they probably think we have something against merchants, you know, <laughs> just the way it ends up happening. But merchants don't do well, you know. The henchmen don't do well with them either. Uh, really, anybody that comes near the party seems to die. Huh? But. Um, so they wanted to take uh, the henchmen corpses back and you know and give them a proper burial and and everything and uh, and also maybe see if uh, if if anyone knew the merchant maybe there's a reward or something for knowing his whereabouts so they had to kind of figure out how to get these bodies out of the ravine here so um, they did some climbing and then tying off on ropes and this, this kind of stuff to to get them out and. Um, for that, I just, I really just had them roll a D20 just for a disaster roll, you know, um, just to see, you know, give it a, on a one disaster strikes and, uh, but none of them rolled a one. So although it, it took some time, I just let them, you know, with, with, with taking proper time and precaution, they, they were able to lift these, these bodies out. So the Great Rock Dale, where they were adventuring, is about three and a half, four miles from Kuiper's farm. And Kuiper, if you haven't listened to all of these episodes, uh, but God bless you if you have, Kuiper's one of the rangers that kind of patrols the Heronshire, has a farm, keeps a watch out 
towards the Great Rockdale just to kind of be a uh, an alert system, so to speak, if the humanoids spill out of the dale uh, looking for trouble. And it's been a kind of convenient sort of home base place for the the characters to park their horses when they go to the dale. They don't want to just leave their horses out, uh, you know, and be knoll food or anything like that. So they'll usually leave their horses at the farm and then walk the four miles or so to the dale. So they've, they kind of made these, uh, little, um, sleds to, to pull the bodies on and we're starting to walk back. It's getting dark, starting to walk back towards Kuiper's farm. Um, they had taken, you know, taken some damage and stuff too. So they were looking to rest and, um, ended up rolling a random encounter on the way. And it was some, uh, some large scorpions, um, scorpions. Whoo. That's a campaign killer. If you play, uh, you know, pure save or die, I do have a, you know, save or basically drop to zero. But if you, if you can get some magical healing in a body, uh, within a few minutes, I'll let it be like uh, magical CPR. I've mentioned that a few times. Because if you don't, I mean, you're, you're just going to be, you know, for some games, it's fine to be constantly starting over at level one. This game, I mean, it's happened. Uh, you know, it's happened where we've had player deaths, but uh, I don't know. For me, it makes sense that magical healing, if you get poison, you die, and someone comes to you with some with with some magical healing that you can come back. And I like it that way. Cause you still end up with deaths and we've had it happen with giant spiders. Cause you know, there's nothing to say that everybody won't go down from the, from the scorpion stings. But here we ended up having, we had two players go down, but, um, the rest didn't that we're able to, we're able to get them back. So it, uh, it still was perilously, maybe even more so than they realized kind of perilously close to, possible TPK action, but, um, they survived was, it was a good battle. Like I, I think scorpions are a really good enemy. You know, they're, they don't have a ton of hit points. So the, the party can, can face them, but they, they hit hard. And, uh, the, the, the large scorpions kind of maybe have dog sized, you know, they do a, a claw claw stinger. You know, and the claws do like D4 damage each, and then the stinger does one, and then you get a saving throw at plus two. So they're kind of, uh, they're kind of a good, um, you know, serious threat for a lower level character. So, um, anyway, uh, one thing that started to come up at this point, you know, one of the clerics, Marcos, had hit fifth level, so can now cast third level spells and. Third level cleric spells in one and uh one EA D and D, there's some there's some gems in there. Some really beautiful, wonderful spells like uh dispel magic, for example, and then Animate Dead. And uh so Animate Dead, this is one where, you know, you can kind of start creating your own zombie horde. And Marcos wanted to maybe try to raise up some of the henchmen as a zombies and, uh, started to cast it. Now, normally I ignore segments. Uh, it's just too fiddly. I don't like all that. Um, kind of a convoluted thing in my opinion. So I ignore 
segments and casting times, except for when a casting time takes a round or more. That's the only really time I really bother with uh, spell interruption. So uh, Animate Dead's one that takes a round to cast, so I kind of treat it almost like, uh, I, got, I assume, 3rd Edition, Pathfinder, or other games uh, all do this the same way. But you start casting it one round, and then it, until your next turn, um, the spell doesn't go off. So anytime between when you start casting it and, um, and your next turn, if you get hit, it's going to interrupt the spell. So Marco started to cast animate dead, but, uh, got hit. So it interrupted it, but more on that in just a little bit. It was good that it didn't happen then. It was good that the animate de uh, dead didn't happen at that point. But, um, it's funny, you know, um, you wouldn't think scorpions would be a, a creature that has treasure, but there was actually a chance of them being in lair and maybe having um, some treasure, but it didn't end up that way. So anyway, they, they, you know, continued to Kuiper's farm where they were met by Kuiper and, uh, you know, fed and had a night's sleep and they all kind of healed up, you know, and everything. This is where we started kind of getting into some fun role play. You know, they decided to hang out for an extra day to, to be able to continue to mend their wounds and, you know, burn through spells and then rest again and that kind of thing, which is totally fine. They're not under any real time pressure at the moment. So they started, you know, the party started to, you know, help around the farm and I had them all like kind of say what they did, you know, and so it's like Puck the dwarf, like helping out with the hogs and, uh, um, Zanroll, the cleric of Zagig, you know, he's always doing some kind of practical jokes. You know, he car carries a rubber chicken and stuff. So, you know, it's like helping them milk the cows. And I was thinking like he has like a joy buzzer in his hand when he goes to, for the udder and just, you know, just shenanigans like that. Um, Lennox uh, helping feed the chickens and everything. So, so there was a little farm uh, kind of a, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, uh, what do they call it when that happens? Montage. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Brain hasn't kicked in yet. There's a little, you know, farming montage with the players. It was just, I think, fun for everybody to imagine. And meanwhile, Marcos is kind of soul searching, trying to you know, because animate dead obviously is necromancy and everything. It says there in the, the, uh, DM, uh, the player's handbook that, you know, good player players won't normally do it unless they have like a reason, but you know, father Marcos chaotic. Good. Uh, Marcos's God is Tritherian. Now to be real honest, I don't inject a lot of deity stuff into my games. I kind of leave it up to the players how important they want that to be to them. Obviously, going to be more so maybe to a cleric. Uh, but I've had certain players that will be really committed to a deity or whatever. But, you know, I don't inject a ton of that into the game. It's never been the pantheons and all this kind of stuff. It's never been something that interests me, me that much about any setting, really. You know, even with Greyhawk, you know, there'll be some place, you know, there'll be some St. Cuthbert here and there and that kind of thing. But it's just not something I just strongly inject into to a game. But 
here, uh, Marcos wanted to, you know, pray to Tritherion and, and try to gauge, you know, whether it's going to be okay for him to do this spell and, and everything. And, you know, looking at the, at Tritherion, there is a lot of, uh, you know, self-defense is one of the things that comes up and, uh, you know, vengeance and uh, chaos is all a little bit of part of the flavor of, uh, Tritherion. So I just decide that it's, uh, you know, Tritherion speaks to Marcos and says, you know, will this help you fight evil to do this? And if so, you know, then you know the answer that it's okay to do. So, so Marcos decides it's going to be fine. Marcos had spoken with the remaining henchman that was still alive, a henchman named Drekken. And uh, Drekken, you know, I looked at this like I uh, wanted to do some kind of morale check type deal. And typically I'll just use uh, uh, BX type rules for reactions and stuff, you know, just keep it simple. But here I thought I might uh, use kind of some of the expanded loyalty stuff uh, from the DMG given that it was kind of a significant role. So, you know, it's, it's really much more complex than I would normally like, but you can kind of look through these tables in the DMG that will give you bonuses or, or minuses to the percentage chance of loyalty for henchmen based on what they've been through and how they've been treated and scenarios and situations like that. And Drekken ended up, um, uh, being fine with it. In fact, Drekken was like, you know, oh, well, if we bury them, they'll just be warm food. This, this, what you bring back will not be my friends. It's just a earthly vessel. And, uh, if they, I know that if they would think if their bodies could be used to fight evil in any way, they would be fine with it, you know? So, so we end up having this, you know, ritual where, you know, it requires a drop of blood. So, so it's Marcos calling out to Tritherian and like giving a drop of his blood. And then it's like, you need like some flesh. And it's like, we had like Lanix, the magic user just happened to have kept the merchant's lips. It's like, Oh, I got some lips here. You know, will this do for the flesh? You know, like he just have, had some lips in his pocket or whatever. It's a little bit of humor, but, but, uh, you know, needed a bone fragment and all this and, so Marcos is, you know, calling out to Tritherian to help him raise these, raise these, uh, henchmen as zombies and everything. And this is where it struck me as funny. I was like, you know what? This is, you know, remember the satanic panic? You know, this is how you get a satanic panic. Cause it was just this like evil, you know, sinister feeling, dark ritual to raise people from the dead. I'm thinking back to, you know, you know, back to the eighties or whatever. and just picturing it like, uh, like, uh, you know, my mom standing in the doorway or something. And while this is going on, like Jeremy's like, mom, how long have you been standing there? You know, after all this, ah, oh, and allow me to raise these from the dead. So that led to some fun conversation. Well, I say fun, but just, you know, conversation about the old D and D satanic panic and how they did away with demons and devil as, as far as using those terms in second edition and mazes and monsters, uh, you know, Tom Hanks, terrible movie and the whole Dallas Egbert thing and all this. And, but it was just funny. It was like, you know, this is how you get a satanic panic, you know, <laughs> cause we're sitting here 
you know, raising, uh, raising people from the dead as zombies and doing this ritual. So anyway, um, the other thing that happened is, uh, Kuiper, who's been kind of standing on the sidelines, a ranger, he's a six level ranger. You know, I hate, I don't, I don't like doing DM NPCs, you know, little helper characters and stuff. I mean, it's fine. You meet NPCs and, 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 and that kind of thing. But as far as having one tag along with the party, I tend to hate that. I mean, when I ran curse of Strahd, for example, it kept trying to inject them into the game and I would just, you know, completely ignore it. I just don't like doing it. Um, even like Elmo from, from, uh, Hamlet, you know, I just, I mean, offering a little assistance, place to stay, maybe a heal or that kind of thing is fine. But I, I basically I've resisted letting, uh, some of these player characters that are way more higher, you know, that would have been way higher level than the party be these kind of, you know, omnipotent helpers that sort of guide them along rather the party do it themselves. But now that they're higher level and they've continually kind of gone back to Kuiper's farm, it just makes more sense, you know, with all the evil and all the stuff that's been going on that Kuiper finally was just like, you know, and you know what, I'm done sitting at the farm. I'm, I'm going to help you guys. I'm, you know, I want, you know, you have my bow. I want to, you know, be a part of this. Cause it just makes more story sense at this point for Kuiper. You know, if he's going to be any kind of ranger or leader in the area, um, how many times does he have to watch the party, uh, go through this kind of stuff and people die before he's going to join up and, and try to help them. So, uh, so Kuiper decides that he's going to accompany the, the players, you know, at least as far as, uh, dealing with the trolls, if that's where they decide to go next, you know, next time, I don't know if they're going to go back to the great rock Dale to continue fighting humanoids there, or if they're going to, you know, feel like they're, they're ready to um, to take on the trolls or not. But the fun thing is that they, now they've got five, you know, they've got Kuiper with them and now they've got five zombies, these dead henchmen that they raised. So I had, you know, gave a little flavor as the, you know, as the henchmen stand up, like one's jaw falls out, it reaches down and picks the jaw up. It kind of sticks it back in its mouth and it falls out again. One of their heads is turned backwards and, and, uh, some gross out stuff like roaches pouring out of one of them. And, I actually did this adventure a while back where I did this whole zombie flavor table where it's like a thing, like, like a D 50, um, bunch of, you know, random zombie things. So I'll use that now going forward to just add some gross out stuff for, you know, just random zombie things. Now that they've got some with them and they've also got like this wagon or cart <clears throat> that they'll have the zombies in. And I was thinking, Hey, party wagon, you know, they're, Riding around town, the party cart because there's zombies hanging in the back, and uh, Zanrol came up with the name the Walker Wagon, you know, because we have to have a name for it if they're going to be riding around the Heronshire with these zombies. But they know they've got to kind of play the, you know, be careful with the zombie thing because the 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 farmers and and the like that live in the Heronshire probably not too keen on necromancy, probably will. Will want to, uh, you know, will think the party are evil or witches if, if they see that. But it just struck us all as funny. You know, they got these zombies hanging in the, the party cart with the zombies in the back. Like it's zombie spring break or something, you know. So that's kind of how it ended. And 
looking forward to, oh, there's some notifications. Anyway, looking forward to moving. It was a great place to stop because now they got kind of a boost of, uh, Kuiper joining them. You know, one of the, the clerics that hit fifth level and they got a bunch of zombie, you know, a zombie posse going on. So when we get back to it, it should be, uh, interesting to say the least and hopefully, uh, more humor and, and fun. So wasn't much treasure to, to speak of or anything, just some coinage, but they did uh, manage to finish clearing, clearing out another cave. Um, so that's kind of what happened. It was a lot of fun. Um, like I say, it had some good combat, had some uh, amusing, um, situations, had some, uh, you know, some good satanic panic flavor to it. And we ended up with the, you know, the party cart with some zombies that are going to be accompanying the party. So like I said, it was a good, uh, good way to kind of come to a stop where when we get back to it in a few weeks, uh, I, I think everybody will be excited to see what happens next. So, so anyway, that's what I have for you all this week. Gonna be off for a couple of weeks, uh, so um, be a good time if you want to catch up on some of the old uh, Night Below session recaps. You can be ready to uh, roll with us when we get back. Anyway, I sure appreciate folks checking out the shows. I hope you're having a great weekend filled with gaming. Um, next you'll hear from me will be a Top 3 Tuesday. I missed it last week. Was not feeling well at all. Feeling better, so that should be the next thing you hear from me. Picked up a, a few... A few patrons, uh, patrons on my Patreon recently, and I want you all to know how much I appreciate your support. It means a lot. Patreon.com forward slash thought eater. If you want to support the program, the blog, everything else, it's just a, a $1 a month. If you want to, uh, join up and, and support what I do. And so thank you very much for that. You can always leave me a message on the anchor app or send me an email at frothsoft froth S O F at gmail.com. Or check out the Thought Eater blog at frostsoftdnd.blogspot.com. There is a contact form there. If anybody is interested in sponsoring the program, uh, let me plug your Kickstarter, Patreon products, um, any kind of gaming-related stuff. If that sounds like something interesting to you, you can contact me in one of the ways I mentioned before. And I think that's everything I've got for you. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Logan, take us out of here. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom